0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Off the Red Carpet. I'm your host, George Pinocchio, and we are trying something new here. I have never done a podcast, so this is my very first one. But I know times are changing. In fact, they've already changed, and people love their podcasts, so I'm hoping to give you something to love as well. And what we plan to do is switch it up all the time, so when you tune in, you never know what you're going to get until you get right here. And we're going to start our podcast world with Off the Red Carpet with... Um, some unedited interviews for the new movie Ready Player One. Now, the book Ready Player One was on the New York Times bestseller list for about two years. If you don't know what it's about, here's a little synopsis. It takes place in the year 2045, and the real world is a really harsh place to be. And so a lot of people live in this virtual world called the Oasis. It's a universe where a lot of humanity spends their days because you can go anywhere, you can do anything, and you can be anyone. The only limits really are your imagination. You can be a man, a woman, a creature, an animal, whatever you want to be. And so there's this brilliant and eccentric guy named James Halliday in the film. He's played by Mark Rylance. And he's died and he's left his immense fortune and total control of this place called the Oasis to the winner of a three-part contest that he designed to find a worthy heir. So there's this teenage boy named Wade, played by Ty Sheridan, and when he conquers the first challenge of this treasure hunt, he and his friends are kind of hurled into this weird universe of discovery and danger so they can save the Oasis and keep the world a better place. So, who directs this? Why, Steven Spielberg. I've been interviewing Steven since 1993 for the original Jurassic Park, and he sat down with his two leading stars in the film, Ty Sheridan, then there's Olivia Cook; she's the leading lady. So, let's begin with that interview with Steven, Ty, and Olivia. I'll begin with you, because you always have a joy when you're talking about the people you choose, and I would love for them to hear why you chose them while I'm looking at their faces. (laughs) Well, you know,
1: sometimes you know when I'm interviewing uh, you know, actors and when I'm actually auditioning actors for a part, sometimes uh, there are very, very skilled actors that have the chops to play the role, but the, the, then somebody else comes in that brings a light with them. A light enters the room with the person, not even in character, just the person brings their light. And that particular sparkle or light, or whatever you want to call it, is that added kind of, it's that added ingredient that convinces me that they're right for the part, and Olivia came in and the light was there when she walked through the door. It's not a switch, she has to turn on, it comes with her. (laughs) The same thing with Ty. And I also thought, well what are they gonna be like together? So I put them in a room together and did a scene and they were
0: magical together. And let's talk about the magic, I'll ask you this Olivia, but there are times when you're in a virtual world and that magic lives and it's not actually you were looking at it's a <laughs> what do you call it a avatar an avatar. Mm. So did you know that you had that kind of chemistry in animation?
2: <laughs> oh it's
1: no, I, I mean, what was wonderful about the animators and the, and the the guys at ILM is that I feel like they they really captured the the, the performances and the chemistry that Ty and I had on the day. Mm. Um, and so watching that and seeing my mannerisms and my facial mm. expressions and my little idiosyncrasies, it was <laughs> just mind-blowing. It was the most surreal experience I've ever had. It's kind of like digital cosmetic surgery, isn't it? A
2: little bit. Just these (laughs) huge anime eyes,
1: and then my mouth and nose, and yeah, and my voice that's coming out. It's, yeah, very strange.
0: So, Ty, I I had never read this book. I didn't know it existed for 100 weeks on the New Mm -hmm. York Times bestseller list, but what I loved, when I read it, what we were going to be seeing, it looks so complicated to me. And then we go to watch the movie. It's not complicated at all. It's very easy to follow. Mm -hmm. Did you see that path immediately immediately when you
2: well i mean i think that's because there was a lot of hard work put in from the very beginning from Ernie and Zack and and Steven and this there's this movie even in the trailers it's it's very big in scale and when you watch it it's a big adventure movie but it's it's crafted in a way that is so graceful and elegant and it doesn't and it is easy to follow and it's and it, it doesn't seem like it's it's too much even though there's a lot there's a lot happening in this in this movie so um, you know, for, for me, I think hats off to those three guys for being able to accomplish such a feat.
0: Stephen, I'm gonna let you pick which of these questions you're gonna answer as I'm running out of time. Okay. <laughs> One, I love all the movie references, it, it yeah, was huh? great. Two, this brought me back to every thrilling movie you made when I was growing up, and oh. and I love oh. that. Oh. Three, I'm convinced George. there are lots of Easter eggs that you have personally yes. in there yes. that we we'll, may never know. <laughs> and four, oh. What costs more, a virtual world car chase or uh, if you were actually banging up cars? That's a great <laughs> question. That's cool. a great
1: question. What would cost more, a virtual world car chase, as, as it appears in the film, or if we d- did a real car chase? Well, I'll tell you one thing. The virtual car, world car chase was a heck of a lot safer <laughs> than if I had tried right. to you know, create those exact shots with those exact stunts in the real world. Um, but I think they would be probably uh, it would probably be a little less expensive shooting a real car chase than it was a virtual car chase. It costs more to do that uh, uh, digitally.
0: I'm so sorry that my time ran up so fast. We well, asked one more question, oh, George, we've one known each other for
1: a long time. Oh, okay, I appreciate that. Yeah. Let me look at my list then if <laughs> I get one more question.
0: <laughs> I've mentioned that this brought me back to kind of my youth. And I think at my age now, which will remain undisclosed, I still went back to my youth. Mm. What is the secret of appealing to my inner teenager?
1: I think, I think, you know, I had to first, before I could return you to your youth, I had to return myself to mine. And I think that's what both the book and the screenplay and working with these great actors brought out in me. I felt like I was a kid again making movies, actually the kind of movies I used to make in the 80s. I felt I was not imitating that, but I felt like I was you know, in that world again. I felt like I was making this movie not from behind the camera where I make a lot of my historical dramas, but I was making this movie in the audience, with the audience as my collaborators, t- telling a story for the audience.
0: I thought that was awfully nice of Stephen to give me an extra question to get some extra material to give to you. Now, in the film, there are also some villains. Ben Mendelsohn is one of them. He's known for, for instance, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. He's been acting about 35 years. And then there's Hannah John Kamen, who you're going to see in Ant-Man and the Wasp. And they play two people you do not want to deal with. You do not want to confront them. They're dangerous people. But in real life, they sure are nice. Every time I run into you, you are the nicest man around. And then I see what you do on camera and you just scare the crap out of me.
3: Well, I thank you very, very much, George. It's a dirty job. Someone's got to do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to be anywhere near you in this world mm-hmm. because you also freak me out. You yep. have no oh, fear. That's,
2: that is music to my ears. That's, <laughs> no, no, she's, she's a strong girl. She's tough.
0: Now, she's so tough that she back talks her own boss.
2: <laughs> uh, look, I think... She does his job for him, yeah, I no, mean... exactly, <laughs> exactly.
3: This is the engine here, you know, this is actually the, the boom, boom, boom. This guy's just a, no, no, now go out there, go and do that. You know, she's the, like, she's the can-do. You know, this is just a, you
0: her. Know, you go do it, go so, do it. So you have the power to order the hit and she carries it out. Kind of, the, until
3: she, until I think she decides to make...
0: Look at the joy you are getting out of this. Just talking about it. It must be thrilling to be a part of something this big because I believe it will be enormous.
2: it is it's it's magical. It really is. It's movie magic. It's amazing. it's i I have not had this much fun on, you know, in a long time, and even still talking about this and in this process of this film, I'm still pinching myself. It feels like I'm literally in a dream. talking about Ready Player One. It's like, it happened, oh yeah, God.
0: You realize you're old when you've never heard of the book and now it's a movie. The book was on the bestseller list 100 weeks. (laughs) Hello, I'm just catching up. (laughs) But the great thing about that is, I don't care that it was a book because I walked into something that sounded really complicated. And it was really easy to follow and understand. Yeah. As a moviegoer, I need that.
3: And, and uh, w- uh, Before the screening at South by Southwest, which, by the way, I think will go down as legend, <laughs> um, Steven Spielberg stood up and said, Listen, here, if you look, it's like driving a car. If you look straight ahead, you're going to see the story, and it's easy as. And if you want to look left, you want to look right out those side mirrors, you can get all the cultural references you want. He gave the perfect instructions, and he also said, Strap
0: your
3: seatbelt. belt. <laughs>
2: because it's a ride. It
0: is a ride. Yeah. And I don't even know. I started to lose count of how many movie references we had mm-hmm. in this film. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it's something as, as fun and giggly as Child's Play to The Shining, which that moment was probably scarier than the entire movie that we saw Once Upon a Time. So what do you say to, let's say, Grandma, who's grandson or daughter says, please, Grandma, take me to see Ready Player One. What's that 65-year-old woman going to get out of this movie?
3: Oh, she's going to have a ball. <laughs> she's going to have a ball. Yeah, what? she's
2: going to have it. She's going she's gonna to feel youthful, I think. Because
0: <laughs> um. it's not going to be targeted to her, but I think she will have fun. Oh, no, yeah. I, I, think I, think gonna
2: great, I, I think she's
3: going to have a great... I think she's going to have a ball going to it. Look, there's... This movie is built on the solid, solid foundations of the best of the Hollywood tradition. And in fact, Steven Spielberg's films have a deep, deep bedrock Mm -hmm. to the absolute classical Hollywood. That's part of why his movies are so strong and they're so clear, is because he's... Really, a student of the old greats, your Wilders, your etc. So, Grandma's gonna have a ball. <laughs> yes,
2: <Yeah. laughs> you know,
0: my grandmother would have loved this, yes. even if I wasn't in it. In my last fifteen <laughs> oh, <God>. seconds, uh, <laughs> you have giggled through this whole interview, and it just tells me that. You are feeling a tremendous amount of maybe support, love, joy, what is oh, it? Oh,
2: all of that and more and, and, and pride, actually. Mm. I just feel so proud of this film and I am so excited for everyone to see it. I can't wait for everyone to see it again and again. I feel like I need to see it again and again and again. I, once isn't enough.
0: Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Hannah. Now I also got the chance to talk to Lena Waithe. Lena is a writer and an actress. She um, won an Emmy writing Master of None, which she's also on. And she seems to be this really up-and-coming star. She's very well-spoken. She loves what she does. She knows she's in a good place right now in the world of show business. And the spotlight has been on her. And getting a gig in Ready Player One is a big deal. So I got to sit down with Lena, and it was really a nice five or so minutes talking to her. Seeing you on the Emmy, seeing you on Kimmel, the one thing I think I love more about you than most people in show business is that you just spit it out of your mouth and you say what you want and it always is real. Yeah. This is a hard thing for people in Hollywood <laughs> to just speak
4: their mind. Not me, man. I don't know how to how to do the other way. Like, I can't do the political, like, okay, what's the sound bite? I'm just gonna tell you what I'm really feeling and what's on my heart. Um, Cause I think I just feel very comfortable in my own skin. So when I'm talking to folks, you know, I just kinda wanna give it to him real. I think that real for this project
0: would be the eight-year-old girl realizing that she's in a Steven Spielberg movie and freaking
4: out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I my eight-year-old self would not would not believe me if I said that. I'm like, what? You gonna work with a dude that made E.T.? Um, you know, because that's the thing, you know, that's the first Steven Spielberg movie I ever saw, and obviously I was, you know, hypnotized by it and watched it many, many times. But then, I, then I went and saw Jurassic Park, and then I saw The Color Purple, and and uh, and so on and so on and so on. So just to be a part of his legacy, I think, is a huge honor. And I think this movie, you don't get more Spielbergian than Ready Player One, and I think it's, it sort of has all the elements of like. Of Spielberg movies that we love, which is there's a love story, there's a message, uh, it's a big roller coaster ride, and there's a lot of bells and whistles, and and it's just it's just a it's the perfect escape. You walk into a movie with your popcorn and your coke and your your M&Ms, and and you you just get to to share this experience with so many different people, and it's amazing. So I'm just honored I get to bring some joy to folks. Well, you play
0: a powerful role where. But he could have probably cast Dwayne the Rock Johnson.
4: Oh, that would have been interesting, you I know, because like she power. still has to be a girl too, you know. So. <laughs> but you know, in the yeah. other world, yeah, you know, <laughs> could and have flipped uh, it around. I know. And I think um, I'm really, and obviously, obviously, it was baked into the book. I mean, I'm really great with the earning. I just like the strength. Oh, yeah, and I think um, you know, I was sort of playing three different roles, really. You know, I'm, you know, I'm H in the Oasis. I'm Iron, I turned into Iron Giant, and then obviously, I'm Helen in, in, in the in the real world. And it's just a really fun ride. And I'm really grateful to Steven and my acting coaches that really helped me with the body language of H, who was half man, half machine, have to move a certain way. And then the Iron Giant who moves a little bit slower and um, is a little bit more mechanical. So, and then obviously myself in the real world, You know, we wanted to all feel very different and distinctive, um, but really very much obviously the same character. So it took a lot of work and Steven was really great about holding my hand the whole way through. There's a likability about you, I
0: think. Oh, thank you. And I think that's really precious in Hollywood when there is trust. So I I grew up in L.A. and Chicago, but in L.A. I grew up in Linwood. So I always think kids need to know they can dream. And I don't know, you could have been born with a silver spoon in your mouth. Yeah, I I wasn't. I I, I want you to talk to those girls who were like you when you were young. Because there is power in your words for them to dream like you did.
4: Absolutely. I mean, I would honestly tell kids today to dream bigger than you could ever dream, you know, because I didn't even dream of this. You know, this was a dream that I think, you know, God dreamed up on my behalf, and I'm really grateful he did because when I look back at the things I wanted to do, I just wanted to write television, maybe one day have my own show. So to have to have accomplished those things and then to be able to do all these other, have all these other opportunities has been fantastic. So the truth is, it's like, the world is so big and you know these kids have the ability to go out and conquer it and nothing should stop them who they are what they believe who they love where they're from none of those things are hurdles they're all um i think weapons to kind of go out there and uh conquer the world I always wish these interviews were longer because I think a lot of the stars have a lot to
0: say, especially when they like a movie. I can tell you that Ready Player One is really good. I didn't know what to expect going in, but visually it's absolutely stunning, and I think you're going to like the story too. So, when can you see it? Well, Ready Player One is going to be in theaters on March 29th. It's rated PG-13. So there you have it the very first podcast of my entire career, and I've been doing this a long time. I hope to bring you more. I hope you liked it. I'd love to hear your suggestions. You can tweet me at ABC7George. I'm also on Facebook at George Pinocchio, and I'm on ABC7George on Instagram. So I love constructive criticism, just not mean criticism. So be nice, and if you have anything you'd like to maybe hear on this podcast, let me know. I'll see if I can get it. It'd be great. I love the interaction. So thanks very much for listening to Off the Red Carpet. Until next time.